Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, guys. What a fucking week. What a week. Can you believe... I mean, can... I I don't even know where to start. First of all, I just want to apologize. I swear to God, the minute I finally sat up and left my YouTube uh, K-hole that I was in and was like, okay, it's time to record, my nose got stuffy. I have not had a stuffy nose all day, and now I feel like I can barely breathe. <laughs> I just spent the last, you know, two hours of my life watching meaningless YouTube videos, as one does. Anyway, hi, how are we? Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. So this week's episode was kind of a dud. Not a dud, but nothing really happened of interest except for Janelle's segment. And even that wasn't as explosive as it should have been. But, you know, God said, Hashem said, don't fret, Liz. I understand you do a podcast, and sometimes I deliver a boring episode of Teen Mom 2. So what am I going to do? I'm going to bless you with two stories that need to be discussed. And as I'm sure everybody listening knows, and if you don't know, I'm not, I'm interested in a person that would listen to this podcast but doesn't follow along with Teen Mom in the news. If you are that person Please, please, please find me via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, any way and let me know because I am interested if I'm the only source of Teen Mom news. Uh, But yeah, so what happened this week? Amber Portwood is pregnant by her new boyfriend, Wowzers, and Farah was fired or quit or was not fired from Teen Mom. So, weirdly enough, I know everybody's going to think I'm, like, most hyped up about the Amber story, because a pregnancy is the most exciting thing that happens on Teen Mom, right? I mean, is that weird to say? Probably. But it's the truth, especially a pregnancy by the likes of one Amber Portwood. But... I'm really into this Ferris story. This Ferris story is really delivering for me. And also, the Amber story happened when I had a migraine. I had to leave work on Wednesday. I got to work. I woke up Wednesday morning. I was like, ugh, my head hurts. And then I got to work and I threw up and was like, ugh, I have a fucking migraine. So I slept for like five or six hours during the day on Wednesday. And I wake up to like a ton of notifications. My uh, teen mom group chat, which sounds silly, but really it's me and the three other admins of the my private Reddit group. We have a group text. Shout out Tomlin. Shout out Jess and shout out Jesse. Uh, my group text exploded. My world exploded. Amber's pregnant. But I don't know. This Ferris shit, whew, guys, it has me riveted. So let's break it down. 
Farah, our beloved Farah. And when I say beloved, I mean hated. I am not a Farah fan. She doesn't do much for me on the show. She doesn't do much for me on social media. She just doesn't do much for me. I don't find her brand of villain to be very entertaining to watch, which is why I'm so shocked that I am so deeply enjoying this drama. Because usually Farrah drama, I'm like, oh, don't care. Because it just seems fake or it's too dark. Mm, well, it's not too dark. Let's be real. I... I really love when I say something is too dark for me to enjoy because that's not true. That's just a lie. (laughs) I don't know why I say that because is there anything that's too dark for me to enjoy? I haven't found it yet in my life. Anyway, by the way, I've been watching YouTube vlogs of like underground rappers and they do a lot of drugs. And I'm really concerned with the amount of opioid and benzo consumption of youth these days. Guys, those are serious drugs. Okay, that's such a weird side note. Welcome back to Liz Bentley's podcast talking about drugs. (laughs) I don't even know where I'm going. Okay, so Farah on Monday night was supposed to do Monday night, I believe... Yes, Monday night, the night before Halloween, was supposed to do a cam show. Now, if you remember, she did a cam show a month ago, which was so bizarre. I watched, because I'm a hypocrite and a bad person, I went on Pornhub or whatever, and I watched Farrah's cam show. It was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. She's using a magic wand. If you don't know what a a magic wand is, used to be a Hitachi magic wand, but they no longer own the brand. It's a whole big thing. My life has been majorly disrupted by it. Oh, don't even get me started. But a magic wand is a big vibrator that plugs into the wall. It's the most powerful vibrator. It's the only thing that matters. So I won't go into detail because I have real life friends that listen to this now and I'm sure they don't want to hear about my vibrators. Anyways, she has a magic wand that seems to me not to be plugged in unless it's on the world's longest extension cord and she doesn't have it turned on and she's like putting it directly on like her labia, the outside of her vagina and not on her clit. This is really graphic. (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) But it's not on her clit and it's not turned on and she's just like moving it around and she's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, what? It was so weird. She wasn't, she wasn't even masturbating and it wasn't even convincing fake masturbating. I understand, you know, on cam shows and shit, it's not always real. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid, guys. But this was, it was... Like, watching a fake masturbation video of someone who has never watched porn or has never masturbated in her life. It was just so bizarre. She was awkward. She was uncomfortable. I honestly don't even really suggest that you watch it, like, for comedic purposes or even investigative journalism purposes, which is the reason that I watched it. You're welcome, by the way. I just... it, It was boring and weird, and she seemed... I don't, I don't know what she seemed, but I didn't like it. She, like, fingered herself a little bit, but it really was not very graphic at all. So, apparently she made a bunch of money off of this, whatever. I'm convinced that she's doing these cam shows because she's so underground 
underground is not the word. It's the right word. She's so underwater when it comes to these businesses. If you guys closely follow Ferris Spending, as I do, because if you know anything about me, it's that I'm fucking obsessed with the finances of reality TV stars. Really, all people in general, I'm like, even though I'm like wildly irresponsible with my money and have no interest in examining my personal finances in any way, shape, or form, I do want to know what net income, gross income, expenses, how much you pay in taxes of every single person around me, every person in my life. I'm just a fucking nosy person. As as you all probably realize by now, I'm a very nosy person. But I was brought up a nice waspy, which by the way, in case you, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I'm sure everybody knows I'm Jewish, but that's only on my mom's side. On my dad's side, we're like Mayflower wasps and we're very, uh, don't talk about money. It's very rude. You're just, everybody's supposed to have it, but nobody's supposed to mention it. Uh, so that does come out of me and I don't actually ask people about their finances. Anyway, I'm, I'm really, I'm really on one today. Anyway, I am really obsessed with Ferris spending. So she has three brick and mortar stores, which is absolutely positively in fucking sane. She has her three brick and mortar stores. Then she has a house in LA. I mean, it's a townhouse, but it's a house. Unless she sold it, but I don't think she did. A house in LA, a house in Austin that she can't unload. She has employees of the stores. She has Sophia shit. She travels all the time. I think she's like really underwater with her finances. And so she is doing cam shows and making a decent amount of money off of it. So she did the cam show. Great, great, good turnout. Cam Soda, the company, obviously was happy with her. And so they started promoting a second cam show, which she was promoting as well. And the implication and all the advertising of this show, which is supposed to happen October 30th, is that Farrah is going to be masturbating toys with her butt. Like, she's going to be doing anal play. Everything gets hashtagged anal, hashtag safe sex, hashtag anal, 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 all the time, everywhere. Fair is promoting this shit. So, on Monday night, Fair goes on Instagram Live and says this weird, I don't even know how else to explain it except like word salad explanation that I took the liberty of recording, I found on Twitter, and I'm going to play for you right here. I really just wanted to share. I had a super horrible day. Um, MTV Fire is calling me, as always. Um, MTV fired me from MTV's Teen Mom because my press for my own brand outshined their press. Um, and also, they were sex shaming me about sex shaming me about doing this cam show tonight. We're doing this spin. We're having a blast. So I wanted to just say for all the women out there who are sex shamed, whether the Viacom executives are watching this now, they'd rather watch, have sex and all this stuff. As long as it's not around their show, but yet they partake in that and then want to fire me because they have a power trip. So I'm no longer, I guess, going to be with MTV because they wanted to fire me because they wanted to hate on me and sex shame me. Um, And, you know, I have to just stand with all the other awesome moms who, like Amber Rose and other people who stand up webcam shows and other great shows. So I'm just standing behind what I believe, being a healthy sex advocate, safe sex, um, doing the things that I've done so great on MTV's Teen Mom. Whether I'm with them or another network or thank you for supporting me, Cam Soda. 
And even though I've had a rough day, I'm here. I'm going to just kind of keep it PG um, that my Viacom executives rather get off by watching me than actually watching me work and doing the things that I love to do. And tonight is a good cause. All the tokens, all the fun things, and me doing me. Fuck them TV, I guess, is what everyone's saying. Thank you guys for the tokens and donating. I hope this really resonates for women and children who their family, their parents, or their goals are scams and other ways that is safe, healthy, and has fun groups and support. So thank you guys for all the tokens. Big Buddha Lover. Oh my gosh, I might have to show me, but but I don't know yet. <laughs> so bye ladies. And I am so happy that I have so much fun and I am happy that you guys join me. Have a good night. Did you guys understand that? I'm not so sure I did. <laughs> Basically, she got fired. She got fired from MTV for doing the cam show and for being sex shamed. Okay, interesting. You know, here's my thing. I'm not sure I blame MTV. And I understand this is going to be a controversial opinion. And if you feel that I'm being sex shaming, that's fine. Maybe something you need to know about me is that I really don't support the porn industry. I I don't like it. I think it I can't I'm not going to get deep into like my my feminist views and what I think of the porn industry. It's not really relevant, but I do understand that MTV has the right to not want to have a mom on the show that's constantly promoing hashtag anal on her Instagram. Now, before you come at me with, but Janelle did heroin and Amber beat people up, I get it. And I'm not saying that what Farrah did is worse. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I, there's nothing inherently wrong with Farrah doing porn in any way, shape, or form. But the fact is, she is doing porn under the Team Mom brand, essentially. And all that other stuff that happened is kind of like a natural consequence of the show and the choices made by the characters in the show. And I, it, I'm not really sure how to explain this and really defend my position. And I know a lot of people are probably disappointed in me hearing this, but I, and me hearing this and hearing me say this, but I just can understand why MTV does not want their brand associated with a porn that they can't control in any way, shape, or form, and that they have no part of in any way, shape, or form, and that their name is being used to promote. I I just get it. I get it. But, it, like, do I think she should be fired for it? No, of course not. This is Teen Mom. All those other things happen, but I can understand why MTV would be like, you need to stop doing this while you're in contract with us, especially because none of this shit gets used for the show. And I really think part of it might be from Farrah. She seems to refuse to talk about it. She has a really hard time acknowledging her sex work. If you listen to my episode of The Smush Room that I did with Troy, we like get into how she basically refused to say that she did porn for like three years. So... I don't know. I can just, I understand why maybe MTV was like, you can't be doing this. Just, you can't do it. This is against our contract. You're in contract with us. You have to stop. I, I can just understand it. So then, like two days later, I guess on Wednesday or Thursday, Farrah starts going crazy. <laughs> Go, starts going crazy on the old internet. 
saying that she wasn't actually fired. I'm going to play a little clip of a video that she recorded. She also went on this incredible Snapchat rant that I cannot find any fucking where on the internet, which is very annoying and very disappointing to me. Hello, everyone. I have decided to share a longer video. You can see more on my Snapchat. I was just sharing with everyone who has inquired from reporters to uh, Viacom Legal, um, who has basically stated that I have not been let go. I have not been fired. Um, a lot of this mistreatment and awful behavior goes and speaks for, for the many years that I have gone to therapy. Um, and you know, I'm, I haven't been the strongest. Um, I've been depressed. I lost somebody who I didn't get to speak to beforehand due to anxious love and Sokol. And as well, um, my parents, my mother, my dad have been mind manipulated, mind fucked by Morgan, Morgan J. Freeman, whatever the hell his name is, who is in charge of 11th Street Productions. And as all the accomplices who are associated with fake firing me, um, the malicious hate crimes, sex shaming, women hating for saying you're a feminist and for. So, yeah, she also posted an Instagram with this caption. Viacom legal confirms I have not been fired. I have not breached my contract. Why has filming stopped? Morgan J. Freeman of 11th Street Productions is unprofessional, fake, woman hater, press hungry, sex shaming, hate crimes, poor business practices, unsafe working environment, an accomplice, Dia Skull, Anxious 11 Productions, Viacom, associate pill-popping Larry Musnick, an executive promoted alcohol binger producer, Kristen Malone, take Kirsten Malone, taking advantage and acting as a friend to spread jealous hate crimes to the other teen moms and influence a toxic, unsafe working culture. That's why I don't share a stage. I have security. I've gone to therapy. Do not beat up, instigate physical fights, ruin and break a woman's self-esteem, degrade women, this hate, this criminal behavior, bad business practices, and today. My daughter, my family, myself have all suffered from the contrived malicious hate crimes against me. God is great as I have rose above and am successful beyond all of these setbacks. I look forward to sharing more in my first hashtag business book. Thank you for making this world a better place with me. Hashtag boss mom. Hashtag ethics. Hashtag Viacom. Hashtag MTV. Hashtag teen mom. Hashtag MTV. Hashtag hate, hate crimes. Hashtag fair Abraham. Hashtag children. Hashtag mom. Hashtag fake. Hashtag hate. Hashtag crime. Hashtag feminist hate. Hashtag feminist. Hashtag woman empowerment movement. Parentheses. See more on hashtag Snapchat and hashtag YouTube. <sighs> On the Snapchat, she also had little Sophia get on. Oh, by the way, the wildest part about the whole Snapchat is that I don't think Ferris updated her Snapchat in like a year and doesn't realize that you can realize or have the capability to film for more than 10 seconds. So she's like in a very 2016 Kim Kardashian exposing Taylor Swift in all 10 second clips. You know, she's not on this wave that you can really have like a fucking 40 second Snapchat or however long it lets you go for. So it's all 10 segment clips, but she doesn't continue her thought into the next thing. So she like records something and then it cuts her off and then she starts a new thought process and then it cuts her off. Then she starts a new thought process and she finishes with having Sophia get on camera and say that she's proud of her mom and Viacom's upsetting her mom. 
And then she goes on Sophia's fucking insert on Sophia's Twitter because she obviously has full social media for Sophia and writes like, I'm proud of my mom and tags all of the fucking teen mom executive producers in it. I am going to scream. Okay, let's start with using your fucking daughter. My Alexa just turned on. I did not. I don't know that one. Did you hear that? I did not say your name, hun. Um, I don't, sometimes it picks up my, like, me just randomly talking. It's always listening to me. That's fine. The government can listen to everything I say. We're okay. Anyway, the problem with Sophia being used is, I mean, do I really need to explain it? Don't use your fucking eight-year-old daughter to drive home your petty-ass bullshit complaints and sex shaming it just it's so infuriating it's emotional abuse as far as I'm concerned I am really convinced Farrah lined like four fucking fat rails of cocaine and screamed to Sophia mommy needs you Sophie come in here and then made like told Sophia what she had to say and then made Sophia say it poor Sophia I I can't even imagine what Sophia's life has looked like this past week with Farrah just, like, raging out all over the world. Oh, I just, I really feel for her. Second, I am going to do a Kool-Aid man through a brick wall if Farrah or her father, who's also been tweeting, uses the phrase hate crime one more fucking time. Farrah, shut the fuck up. This is not what a fucking hate crime is. Fucking read a goddamn newspaper. Watch a fucking BuzzFeed video. You don't even have to read, you dumb motherfucking bitch. A hate crime is such a serious thing. In the news on the same day is poor Jazzy, the student, I believe, University of Hartford, whose fucking roommate put period blood all over her backpack because she's black. Hate crimes are the Jews that have swastikas drawn on their synagogues. Hate crimes are real fucking things that are plaguing this country, that terrify people, that end up with people murdered. Go talk to Matthew Shepard's family, Farah, and find out what a fucking hate crime is. Come Come talk to me and I'll let you know what a hate crime is because it's not whatever the fuck you think it is. For her to have the balls, that racist bitch, for her to have the balls to use that fucking phrase, I'm, I'm just beyond heated. It's so upsetting to me that she has the nerve. If she wants to talk about sex shaming, fine. Let her hashtag Amber Rose's slut walk. That's fine. That's a legitimate concern. That's a legitimate conversation. But she's such a fucking idiot that she can't even have that. Getting fired because you want to fuck yourself in the ass is not a fucking hate crime. It's not a hate crime. And by the way, I forgot this in my retelling of the story. She didn't end up doing the cam show. She said she said that the cam show people were scammers. She called them cam scammers and that she was promised that she wouldn't have to do anything and that it would just be PG and that all of the money that people were spending to buy tokens were just to be donated to a charity that promotes safe sex. 
I swear to God, she said that. And she said that all she was planning on doing was giving away anal plugs. Like, bitch, you can do that on your Instagram live. Nobody's fucking paying for that. SodaCam had to refund all of the purchase tokens. It was a fucking mess. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason why she what Viacom said that she didn't have a breach in her contract because she didn't go through with the second cam show. Anyway, I've worked myself up into a tizzy. <laughs> But yeah, it's like really high key offensive to me that Farrah would use the term hate crimes in all earnest. Like sometimes I laugh about it and it's funny and other times like right now it just it really, really angers me. Luckily, Farrah is a person that 0% of this world's population takes seriously. But yeah, I, Farrah, this story really was. It was really everything I needed, I guess, this week. Farah is... I can't believe I called her a bitch twice in that little rant. I heard it coming out of my mouth. I'm not usually someone that likes to call people bitches. It's not... It's just not a word I like to use, but I just felt like it was appropriate here. I'm not really a gendered insult slur person, but I guess it just was deep inside of me. I just have such a fucking issue with her just the nerve of somebody to come in and say that was a hate crime and tag it over and over again and she says it over and over again and then her father is saying it and then she's teaching her daughter that she's saying it i i don't know i think farah has like something is not right with farah the way she's speaking it's not right. I think she's doing a ton of cocaine or is having sort of meant some sort of mental health issue, which I honestly couldn't even begin to guess, even though you guys know I love to armchair uh, diagnose. That is like a hobby of mine. <laughs> I will be honest about that. I, it's something I enjoy doing. But Farrah's just, she's not right. Something is not right. And she's fucking homeschooling her child, which is Ooh, terrifying. I encourage you all to go just, like, read the captions on Farrah's posts. And they make less than zero, zero sense. Somebody said maybe she's voice dictating, which she could be. I, I voice dictate a lot and my shit looks crazy. But this is next level, in my opinion. Now, Amber. Dear, dear, dear Amber. So, as you all know... I mean, I think Amber and Matt broke up during the filming of Marriage Boot Camp or sometime around them. It's a little hard to be clear. I kind of feel like they probably broke up around the Las Vegas trip, the disaster of a Las Vegas trip. And then we're basically like on and off until Marriage Boot Camp when they finally broke up. Amber meets this guy. His name is... Andrew Glennon. Now, Andrew Glennon, his father is a, I believe, a cinematographer or an editor. He works in Hollywood. He's successful. He's won awards. Andrew is 33. I was going to say decent looking, but yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But he has two restraining orders, as Princess and I discussed. You know, one restraining order, eh, I don't know, things are weird, too. It's an issue. He is living with her in Indiana, of course. They've been together since about May or June, and he's living with her, and now she's pregnant. As everyone remembers, last season, they made a pretty big deal about the fact that Amber 
was not going to get pregnant because she had finally figured out the right meds for her bipolar disorder. She also said borderline personality disorder. You don't really take medicine for borderline personality disorder, but you definitely take it for for bipolar disorder. However, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if she's on the right meds after that Instagram meltdown she had. And just after the complete chaos of her relationship with Matt. It seemed hard for me to believe that she was on the right dose of meds. So Amber apparently went off her meds shortly after she broke up with Matt and she's just living healthy now, which yikes, like hardcore yikes. What does living healthy look like to Amber? And she is pregnant with this new guy's baby. (sighs) Now, If there's anybody on this show who fucking is not a good mom, Amber is one. She just does not seem to care to be deeply involved in Leah's life. I mean, I think she loves Leah, you know, but I think she loves her more like a little friend or like a niece Like, I love my nephew, but I don't want to live in the same house as my nephew and take care of him 24-7. Actually, it'd be kind of cool to live in the same house as him, but not be his primary caregiver. Like, it'd be cute to live in the same house as him, but, like, my brother and sister-in-law are still 100% in charge of him. And I could just, like, pop in when I feel like it and then go to my room when he's being annoying. I think that's about how Amber feels with Leah, which... You know, I've always kind of respected that she didn't have another kid. I am completely shocked that she didn't have another kid with Matt and decided to have one with this guy. Of course, she wasn't on birth control. I feel like it really, it, it makes me question Matt and Amber's entire relationship that she didn't have a baby with him and then went on to have a baby with this new guy within months. I wonder if she always knew in her heart she didn't really want to be with Matt. I think that's probably a big part of it. But also if she just, I don't, I don't know if she just, if she just has this kid to get back at Matt for being an asshole and she knew Matt wanted to have a baby with her and she didn't. And this is her way of saying like, ha ha ha. Matt gave a statement to, like, Radar, one of those fucking sites, and it was way too calm. He apparently has a new girlfriend. He's very happy, and he's happy for Amber and thinks she's a great mother and wishes her luck. Guys, so in the trailer for this upcoming OG season, which, by the way, starts in about three weeks, there's going to be no in-between time. I'm planning on probably doing the same thing that I've been doing, which is... Um, for the reunions, I'll recap both reunions at once and maybe do a 16 and pregnant episode on one of those off weeks. But Amber is a fucking mess. I, I just, I truly can't believe that she's having another baby. It just seems like a crazy idea to me. She does not seem stable. She's been with this guy for no time. She is barely involved in Leah's life from what we see. I'm I'm really worried about Amber. I don't think she's in a good place. I don't think she's ever really been in a good place, except maybe when she was in prison. That she's completely off meds is, like, beyond concerning for me. Remember, Amber has a lot of mental health, like, has a lot of risk factors. Um, I, 
I'm a person that watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we watched Russell Armstrong kill himself. And that is never far from my mind in certain situations. And unfortunately, Amber, you know, has a lot of risk factors. She has drug addiction. She has multiple mental health issues. She has an unstable childhood, unstable adult relationships, and she's had multiple past suicide attempts. And I just, I'm very, I'm worried. I'm very concerned. I'm not sitting here saying, like, Amber's going to kill herself. Of course I'm not saying that. But I, I'm just worried that there's nobody there for Amber. And you know what? That That's probably a fault of her own for pushing everybody away from her and refusing to have anybody stable in her life. But, man, this baby. Oh. I, who, you know, who, it's sad. It's sad because this baby isn't asking to be brought into this, like, horrific situation. And I don't know. You know, with, like, Kale getting pregnant by Chris, I was like, what the fuck, Kale? Like, what are you doing? But I knew the baby would be okay. There would be instability, but Kale, I know in my heart, Kale's a good mother. She can raise a baby on her own. It's going to be hard. There's going to be chaos. Kale in the, hashtag Kale in the chaos. Um, but I knew, I knew baby locks would be okay. I have not felt this like sinking feeling for an incoming teen mom child in a long time. Even, I mean, I obviously didn't feel quite as the connection with baby Stella because Brianna was back on screen by the time she was pregnant again. And I didn't really have a close connection with Brianna, but like baby Stella will be okay. She has grandma Roxanne. She has auntie or TT Brittany. She has... Their whole extended family, or their whole extended family and friends, like, poor, little Stella, even though Lewis is a deadbeat and isn't going to be around, little Stella's, she's going to be good. I think Brianna is, like, a decent mother. I mean, there are a million things to criticize her for, but Nova seems like a happy and healthy kid. But there's something so dark about Amber having another child. You know, Hopefully, Andrew's family is, like, decent, and if something happens, they can step in. You know, I don't see Amber's mother as a stable figure. Cousin Crystal, how close is Cousin Crystal? I mean, my cousin Julia, who listens to this, shout out, love you, Jules, is one of, like, my best friends and obviously has been. Actually, not our whole lives. We didn't meet until we were five because she had been living in California. But, you know, my cousin Julia, like, I love her a lot, but... I wouldn't expect her to raise a child for me if something happened to me. And I don't think she would feel the same way about me. Although, like, I'm not, now I'm getting deep into personal family dynamics. But basically what I'm saying is, like, how close is Cousin Crystal really with Amber? You know, I, who does she have? Who does this baby have? Who is this Andrew guy? Oh, God. I'm just, I'm... I'm distressed for this child, which is, I think, why I'm not maybe getting so into it. This this Farrah story is a little more lighthearted and fun. I think I'd feel similarly if Farrah was pregnant again. And I would because and they're just they're just such isolated people. And poor little Sophia, ugh, on an island by herself. But at least Leah has Gary and Christina. You know, she has like a really normal life that she lives with her her dad, her stepmom, her little sister, and her stepsister. She is like a pretty rock and nuclear family over at the Shirley house. And it's just it's just nerve-wracking for me to think that this little baby, I think it'll be a boy, that this little baby boy Portwood. 
Oh, Amber, you know, God, God bless this baby. <laughs> On that note. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, let's get into the episode. I have no clue what order I went in two weeks ago, so... I've been trying to, like, keep up a little bit, so for those of you listening on iTunes, you don't get the same people every week, but I'll be honest, sometimes I just forget. So, not that much happened this episode. Really, not that much happened at all. But let's go with Brianna. So, Stella's doing better, but she's still not great. You know, she has the three holes in her heart. It's going to be an issue. Hopefully, she won't need heart surgery because, oh, that's devastating for a baby. And she hasn't heard from Lewis in over a week. She goes to get donuts with her friends, which, by the way, I would fucking kill for a donut right now. Although there's no reason I couldn't eat a donut because I'm so fucking hard off my diet. Every meal is a cheat meal. I'm, I described it to my best friend. I'm a food monster right now is where I am in my life. But she describes to her friend that because of the holes in the heart, like the blood isn't flowing right through Stella's heart. And she said, like do everything twice as hard. It takes her twice as much energy, which is not great. And Brianna says to her friend whose name, I swear to God, I never catch. In my head, I call her Shirley, but I'm positive her name isn't Shirley. (laughs) I don't know why. She's a real Shirley to me. But she explains to Shirley that she she knows Lewis is intimidated by her family. She's like, look, I know he doesn't like it coming over and hearing it from me, my mom, and my sister. And her friend's like, yeah, he doesn't like being told what to do. It was fine until, like, that fight happened and people were telling him what to do. Which, good point. I'm glad everybody had this realization. <laughs> and basically, he's another Devon. So we find out that Brianna still hasn't sent in the child support work for Devon. And... She has it already. She just hasn't put it in the mailbox, as she says. But Nova's starting kindergarten soon, and she really wants Devon to be more active. So Devon comes over to her house, and they talk a little bit about Nova. And it's weird. Devon doesn't really ask her about Stella, which I found interesting because when Brianna was pregnant, he was, like, pretty curious about it. How's the baby? How is everybody? But we hear that Nova just loves her sister so much. She loves to help out with her. And Devon says something really interesting, which, okay, they are filming so fucking cool. I cannot believe that we are seeing Janelle's wedding on and Chelsea's wedding on this season. Chelsea's, Chelsea's wedding was like a month ago. This shit happened a month ago. So was Janelle's wedding. It just, I cannot believe how we've never had a turnaround time like this in Teen Mom ever, ever. And so Devon's like, well, I saw the first episode and I was like, wow. And this happened. Kale actually references it, too. It's just so weird that we're going to watch them, like, talk about the current episodes that are on for this season on the season we're watching. Very weird. But basically, it's like, I I saw the first episode referencing Lewis, and she's like, yeah, well, he cheated on me, and we broke up. And it was, I don't know, I, I like that. You guys know I love a fourth wall being broken. It's, I would love to see them speed it up even closer and we're big brother style essentially (laughs) brianna tells yvonne that she really needs him to step it up and be there more physically and financially and that first things first is he needs to get his license which spoiler alert i'm pretty sure he does not get because he was just recently arrested for failing to appear for i don't know he got arrested for weed which is like no big deal but then he didn't show up for his court date and he got arrested 
So Devon needs to step up, basically. And she's like, look, I'm going to hold off filing this child support because you need to get a license. And if you do get your license and a file for the child support you're not, and you don't pay it, they're just going to suspend your license. We're going to be back at square one. So you can pay me. And he was like, yep, we'll set up an auto payment. Like, let's not go through child support. I'll, I'll give you money. And she said, okay, like, if you are never late, I won't go for child support. Which to me seems like a fair deal, if not a stupid deal on Brianna's part. I don't know. I get what she's saying, though. Like, suspending license. Oh, God. Here goes Liz. But I suspending licenses for back child support just is... Sometimes it's a deadbeat dad tax, and that's great. But sometimes it's a poor tax, and I don't like poor taxes. And it's just... I thought Brianna had a very, very good point. You know, I just thought he had a good point. She had a good point that it was like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to file child support if I want you to actually be able to drive your car. So Nova has kindergarten orientation, which is all very, very cute. Love Nova. You guys know Nova is my number one star. I guess it makes sense that her middle name is Star. (laughs) Someone on Reddit called them Star. Nova and Stella star star and star star which I think was just it was just really cute that's like a cute nickname star star (laughs) Devon shows up which is great wonderful and Brianna's like I need you to pay for aftercare and they need $200 today and Devon has $60 cash on him and was planning on putting the rest on his credit card but as Brianna says later to Brittany, like, I know he doesn't have a credit card. What what was he planning on doing? And Brittany's like, they would just decline his debit card. But here's my thing. I don't know. I think this might have been an MTV issue, but they really didn't make it clear. Like, was Devon aware that he had to pay $200 that day? It It didn't seem like he knew, and that's a lot to ask of him on one day. But then he said he was planning on putting it all on the card. I don't know. This was an unclear MTV edit, in my personal opinion. But Brianna then makes a big dramatic scene of putting the child support papers in the mail. Which is like, Devon, I don't, does Devon have a job? Have we heard anything about him working? Is there a reason that Brianna logically thought Devon would show up with $200? I'm not saying that it was okay for him not to show up with the money, but I'm not sure why Brianna would have depended on him. She's never depended on depended on him in the past. He's never shown her that he's dependable. And I'm not sure why him showing up to her house one day and being like, yeah, I'll pay, makes her believe that he will. Sorry, Brianna. I think a lot of that, though, was just, <laughs> she was like, all right, I'll let this guy come here and fail. I'll let him fail on camera. That's fine with me. You know what? I would maybe do something like that, too, if I was her. <laughs> Uh, so let's go to Leah in West Virginia, but I'm going to take a little five second break right here. The girls are going back to school, which is cute and excited, excited, exciting. The episode starts with Addie being bad and like throwing a temper tantrum. Uh, Leah and Addie and Allie are all in the living room and Addie is playing with Allie's knee braces because all of Allie's medical equipment is just toys to all of the girls. And (laughs) 
Addie starts having a little temper tantrum and Allie's like, oh, she won't get to go to Walmart. (laughs) I just love how Addie loves fucking Walmart. She loves it so much. And every time that Addie's being bad, Lee's subtracting money from her allowance. I'm assuming she has $5 and Lee's like, okay, now you have four, now you have three. And then Addie kind of locks herself in the bedroom and Leah has to be unlocked to let herself in and Addie calls her stupid. (laughs) So now Addie has no money and has to go into the timeout. And (laughs) Addie is really funny because she's sitting in timeout and she says, can you take me to where I belong? To California, <laughs> which apparently is a song, but I, I'm i assuming it's a country song, but in my head, she's singing Joni Mitchell, California, which is Joni Mitchell's best song, in case any of you were wondering, and you should all just press pause on this, go onto YouTube, and type in Joni Mitchell, California, and find the clip of her playing on, like, a, a talk show that's so beautiful and Joni Mitchell's California is a beautiful song and I like to think Addie is really into Joni Mitchell you know that's what I hope uh Allie goes excuse me Allie does not go anywhere because she's a child Leah goes to eat with a friend and Addie's going to kindergarten and the twins are going to be separated for the first time and that seems like a really good idea. She thinks it's going to be a lot better for Gracie because Gracie's going to be able to kind of get her own identity outside of Allie, and I completely agree with her. And Allie's going to have a one-on-one aid, which we all know is wonderful. Leah's extensions are really bad. Did you guys notice that? They are, whew, really bad. I, 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 I don't know what to say about them except... They are tragic. Maybe she should fly to Chelsea's place in Texas to get them. Psych. Just kidding. So Leah takes the girls on a really cute picnic and talks to them about going to school. And everybody's excited for the new year. It's just cute. Leah has been cute this season with the girls. Credit where credit is due. I've been happy and impressed to see Leah's parenting. So it's the first day of school and Leah is up at the crack of dawn to take them to the bus, and they get there on time, and, you know, what a change Leah's made in the last two seasons. I am proud of her. It's cute. As they're driving there, Leah's asking him. Leah's really good about asking the girls about their feelings. She's like, so are you excited? Are you nervous? And gives them words to pick from. She really is doing well in re- in rehab, in counseling, I think, or did really well in counseling, has really done a good job of bringing that into her girl's life. And Leah says, do you feel motivated? And Gracie goes, we don't even know what motivated means. (laughs) We haven't learned it yet. (laughs) So cute. The bus comes to get them. And I noticed that Gracie climbed out of the front seat, which, you know, like a thing kids do, they hop over the front seat. But then Allie climbed out that way too. And I'm just wondering why they do that. Our last scene of the episode is the girls, the twins are at Corey's house after school and Allie, they're playing on the swings and Allie says she really likes her aid. And we find out that Allie does not use her wheelchair at school hardly ever, which, you know, I'm really hoping maybe she is an aide this year. The aide can let the school and her parents know like Allie needs to be using her wheelchair more. Side note, they went trick-or-treating this week. Obviously it was Halloween And Allie did not use her wheelchair to trick-or-treat. Oh, it's just upsetting. 
It just really upsets me. Uh, Allie, it's kind of sad. Allie is sad that her and Gracie aren't in the same classes and Gracie, like, doesn't give a fuck and is actually happy. Uh, and then Corey made a joke about Aaliyah's boyfriend. Aaliyah, by the way, is Grace, in case you guys didn't know. He said Aaliyah's boyfriend is in her class. And I was surprised to even hear Corey joke about that, to be honest. But yeah, Aaliyah had a very, very short segment this week. Very, very short segment. But, you know, the girls are in school. Everybody's happy. Glad to hear it. And let's go to Janelle. So it starts out, we get a quick, quick scene of David, Janelle, Marissa, and Jason, New York, Picking up the wedding dresses and getting fitted for their tuxes. They probably should have done this longer than a week before the wedding because none of their outfits were fitted (laughs) at the wedding. Marissa gets a cute dress and Jason David go suit shopping. And, God, we get the most frustrating thing where David's like, you know, your mom didn't invite Meme because she doesn't want anyone to get in an argument. At the wedding, we don't want Meme to fight with Mommy, and we just want everybody to be happy. And Jace is like, I know. And it's like, David, why are you even bringing this up? Like, why? Just keep Meme's name out of your mouth. Unless you're saying something positive or telling Jace to behave and listen to Meme, like, you you don't need to mention her. Let Janelle and Meme figure out Janelle and Meme. You don't need to be involved. We get it. By the way, Jace is so little next to David. David's like 6'7". He's fucking ginormous. And Jace looks just like such a little peanut next to him. It's so cute. So it's four days to the wedding. Um, and they ask Andre, the security guard, if he'll be the officiant. Now, I'm kind of hoping <laughs> that they re- like redid this, ep- this episode, this segment. You know, they like acted it out because... Do you think they waited until four days before the wedding to get an officiant? I mean, like, I do think that that is a very real possibility in the world of Janelle and David. A very real possibility. But what would they have done if he said no or he had plans or he couldn't do it? I mean, I guess, of course, he could do it. They knew he would be there. I don't know. Just something weird. I'm really hoping they had asked him, like, way before four days. Also, there was a lot of drama that week that Kaiser wasn't going to be allowed to go to the wedding because it was not her weekend, and Nate was saying that he wasn't going to let her go, let him go, and it was this whole big thing, but of course we don't see any of that at all in the show. So, David's making some jokes, oh god, about Andre skipping, like, if there's anybody who will object, he's like, just skip it, just skip it, don't say it, and laughing, but... Mm, it's like one of those things that's funny when it's a good couple that everybody wants to get married so nobody would ever even object to it but it's actually not funny in the case of David and Janelle (laughs) because lots of people should object to it you know lots of people and now it's three days until the wedding and they still need to lay grass or sod which is why this episode is called In Sod We Trust, which shout out to my number one girl, Sod, who is a devoted listener to Feathers in My Hair and came to the meetup, and I just love her so much, and we met in the Jezebel comments section. Because <laughs> I'm a real internet person and made IRL friends from the Jezebel comments section, because that's just, you know, how I am. But her name is Sod. It's a nickname, but it's her name. And so when I saw this episode was called In Sod We Trust, I 
screamed. It was just so perfect. I mean, God is just really looking out for her. (laughs) So this next scene is one that I loved and I have a lot to say about. Really probably the only scene in the whole episode that I feel like I have a lot to comment on. So Barbara goes to lunch with her friend Donna. And you can tell Donna's a close friend. And Donna is a real Liz Bentley, if you will. So Barbara starts out and, you know, she's like, I'm feeling stressed and I'm upset that I'm not invited. And she says it's all David and it's all his fault. She goes, he's alienated me. All he's wanted from the beginning is to get Janelle away from me. And she says, all I want, Donna, is for them to get along with me for the sake of Jace. And Donna says, okay, well, that's Janelle's choice. The only thing that you have to do is try and get along with them. And you're being stubborn about it. And she's like, no. Barbara's like, no, no, no. That's not what's happening. And Donna's like, look, I'm not taking David's side. But the fact is, like, that's Janelle's husband, and you need to get along with him if you want to get along with Janelle. And Barbara starts crying, which is, oh my god, (laughs) if Barbara was not Janelle in this scene, then I don't know what I was watching. All Barbara wanted to do was go to lunch and cry and complain about how Janelle is so mean to her, and David is so mean to her, and David has stolen her daughter And Barbara, or excuse me, and Donna was like, no, Donna was not here for that. And that's how you know Donna's a real friend. And she even says, not going to blow smoke up your ass. I'm going to tell you the truth. Barbara says, it's too painful to even look at Janelle. And she said, the reason that I, that she won't invite me is because I won't give her Jace back. And Donna fucking right away goes, I thought you said it was all David. And Barbara starts crying like even harder And she's like, and I just love, because Donna is exactly right. Barbara wants to sit here and say, David, 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 and then say, but Janelle too. And it's like, yeah, because it's all Janelle. It's always been Janelle's fault. This is what Barbara does. Barbara does not want her daughter to be the person that she is. She does not want to admit that her daughter is a real piece of shit. And her daughter is the fuck up. And I think the reason that she doesn't want to admit that is because then she'll have to look at her role in it. And Janelle has, or excuse me, Barbara has always done this. It's always, if only she'll break up with Kiefer. If only she'd break up with Gary. If only she'd break up with Nate. And now if only she'd break up with David. I want you guys to go back and rewatch earlier seasons and watch how she talks about all her boyfriends. Now, to be fair, all of Janelle's boyfriends are pieces of shit. I'm not saying Barb should have liked any of Janelle's boyfriends, but what's the common denominator in all of these situations? It's Janelle. It's always been Janelle. It's always been about Janelle. And yet, for some reason, Barbara is incapable of admitting that Janelle has these problems. You don't even really have to go watch, <laughs> go watch the seasons. Go watch some of the reunion episodes because she always gets, Barbara always gets on the couch and tells Dr. Drew that if Barbara or if Janelle would just break up with so-and-so boyfriend, that everything will be okay. But the fact is, like, even if Janelle is single and on, on her own, it's not going to be okay because Janelle is the fuck-up. Janelle is the messed-up one. She just is. And Barbara, or Donna says, you know, he can't be all bad. Like, he takes care of your grandkids and... Barbara's like, you don't know him. You don't know what he's really like. And Donna's like, it doesn't really matter. You know, he takes care of your grandkids and 
he's the one that's marrying Janelle. He's not marrying you. And she says, the priority is celebrating them being together with people who support them, and you're not one of those people. And I fucking, I paused the TV and clapped. I mean, I didn't, but I wanted to. She's exactly right. The wedding is not about Barbara. The wedding is not even about Janelle only. The wedding is not about Barbara and Janelle. The wedding is about Janelle and David. And if Barbara doesn't support them, why should she be there? It's that simple. This is actually probably like the least toxic thing Janelle's ever done to not invite Barbara. I mean, it's toxic because she didn't invite her out of spite. But really, why should Barbara be there if Barbara hates David? Why would she be at the wedding? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it it makes sense. I understand why Barbara wants to be there. But you don't get to, like, fucking talk shit and say you hate David, you hate David, you hate David, and then also cry that you're not invited to their wedding. You you can't have it both ways, and that's what Donna was saying. Donna suggests that she sends a nice text to Barb or to David, and Barbara's like, I'm not texting him! And Donna's like, all right, then you sit here and sit in your own shit. Donna was a good friend. I really, I really like that scene. So we made it all the way to the day before Janelle's wedding. And Janelle is on one. Janelle is like, we have to do this and we have to do this. And the only thing left to do is lay down the sod. You have to, okay, I saw someone online say that to lay down grass or sod, you're supposed to lay it down in water for three weeks before anybody steps on it. They're literally laying it down 24 hours before the wedding. It's a million degrees out because it's September in North Carolina. They're in the South in September. It's hot as shit out and nothing, I mean, a lot of things are done, but also nothing is done. David is riding around on a bobcat and Janelle has a great Janelle tantrum. She's in the house yelling, I don't have any, any, I don't have any fucking friends. I don't have any friends at all. And I can't even have five minutes to speak to David. Apparently they're, some of David's friends were supposed to come over and help, but now they're not coming over. I don't know, out of Janelle's friends who was supposed to come over and help, Janelle is losing her goddamn mind as only Janelle can. Janelle comes outside to scream at David, and she, like, runs up to him on the bobcat, and one of the funniest things to ever happen on this show happens, which is David just drives away on the bobcat. (laughs) And Janelle screams to the camera crew, until he acts like I exist, I'm not filming anymore. I want him to talk to me and ask me what's wrong with me right now. And Janelle runs to their shed, where I'm assuming she keeps an emergency bong. I wonder if she started keeping it out there after, like, multiple CPS visits. She decided to keep the bong in the shed instead of the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, she is having a meltdown. And if you'll remember... The wedding gets called off that night, but then it gets put back on. There's a huge blowout that we're not even going to fucking see on MTV because Janelle sent the camera crew away, and I am so pissed about it. Oh, I'm so pissed about it. So Janelle is crying and having her meltdown, and she says, I've been sitting here in my own fucking head all day long thinking about my mom, and I don't even like that bitch. Oh, Janelle. I mean, she's upset that her mom's not there. And you know what? That is legit. And I know a lot of people are like, Janelle, you didn't invite her. You can't be upset that she's not there. But she's obviously, Janelle and Barbara love each other despite all faults. And they're obviously both fucking mad at each other. But they want to be there for each other. 
And that's why they're crying and acting the way that they are because they can't be there for each other because they're too dysfunctional and fucked up. And Janelle is sobbing that she's been doing this all day by myself and all the planning by myself. <sighs> David's fucking raking, Janelle. He's raking. Did you guys all watch that video that somebody took of them fighting the night before the wedding that MTV didn't scream? And she's like screaming at him that he's not doing anything to help her. And he's like, I'm fucking raking. <laughs> classic, classic, classic. So Janelle starts screaming that MTV needs to leave. Well, David says, all right, it's time to go. I think David really hates to have MTV there during the fights. And I honestly, I really don't think it's because David's beating her. And I know that's what everybody wants to say, that it's because David's beating her. But I think he just doesn't want to fight in front of MTV. And honestly, I really can't blame him because Janelle gets out of control. He yells at her. Janelle has a mental breakdown and they just look like shit. And I probably would be like, I don't want to film. You know, I wouldn't want to fight in front of MTV. And Janelle screams, I'm trying to talk to David alone and to relax. <laughs> Kristen's like, okay, okay, we'll leave. But like, do you want us to come back for the rehearsal? And she's like, I don't even know if we're having a rehearsal. <sighs> and she says, the amazing, we can just cancel this whole fucking wedding. <laughs> and that's it. And next week we see their happily ever after. If that's all we see of the fight, I'm going to be pissed. But I think it will be because MTV was gone and they left. Oh. Janelle needs Big Brother-like cameras on her house at all times. I, de I mean, I deeply demand it. I really, really do. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussions.